Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Game Day Live's Tactics Board. I'm Grant McKenzie and I'm joined as ever by Scout and Game Day Live analyst Greg Gordon. Greg, it's good to have you with me. Yep, it's Thursday. It's lovely to be here as always. Now, we're going to change up the format slightly this uh, week and we're going to take a little bit more of an in-depth look uh, at one specific game. And we're going to try and do a little bit of uh, analysis about maybe individual player roles and uh, and the teams that, the, the, the match that we've picked, we'll look at the teams and, and perhaps ways in which the squads can be improved, uh, you know, and talk a little bit more in depth than we have done in, in previous episodes. Uh, so the match that we're picking this week is Arsenal-Swansea. The game, of course, is taking place this Saturday at three o'clock at the Emirates. Uh, and both teams are going in on a almost a completely diametrically opposed run-off form. Uh, Arsenal have won the last five games, and Swansea have lost five of their last six games. Uh, three losses on the bounce for Swansea, three wins on the bounce for Arsenal. Of course, Swansea have appointed a new manager in Bob Bradley, and Arsenal's manager, Arsene Wenger, is being linked with the uh, vacant England manager position. So Greg, we're going to dive straight into it. The, the form is obviously all with Arsenal and all against Swansea. What about Swansea and the manager bounce though? Do you think Bob Bradley can provide that for them? Mm, I was very, very surprised that Bob Bradley was the appointment at, um, at Swansea. Um, as an American coach, I kind of think that he's not coming from the same tradition as the previous coaches that they've had who have been 4-3-3 possession uh, based coaches um, Bob Bradley probably comes from that American tradition which is all about athleticism and second balls and set pieces something that would be very familiar to, to English uh, football followers so it seems like a slight change of tack for Swansea I, I think that it could end up being caught between two stools certainly he'll have to feel and deal in the transfer market because the players that they've got at the moment, are unlikely to play in his style. Mm-hmm. Now, he has actually uh, managed outside of the, the US, Egypt manager, for a spell uh, for two years, between uh, 2011 and 2013. Yes. Won, won 66% of his matches, almost 67% of his matches. I'm just looking at his stats here, and of course he was at uh, Stabek, uh, Scandinavia. Him the first, uh, yeah, making him the first American to manage a club in the European top flight. And, uh, you know, a, a respectable record there, 72 games. He won 38 of them, lost 23, drew 11. So 50, about 53%. Yeah. And then uh, Le Havre in, uh, in France, uh, a short spell, just under a year, uh, from November 2015 to October 2016. Again, not a terrible record. I mean, 17 wins out of 37 matches, 10 draws and only 10 defeats. Yeah. Uh, when you look at his overall managerial record... Uh, of his 50, uh, 555 uh, games as a manager, he's won 50.09% of them. Uh, so, uh, not, 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 a, not a bad record for a manager. And what the stats don't really tell you about, about Bob, Bra- Bob Bradley's particular approach is uh, the, the job in La Habe, I happen to know, happened, ended in really bad style. Uh, with the players complaining, they had no idea what what the manager wanted of them, what his intention was, what the style of play was, and mm-hmm. and I must admit, whenever I've 
seen his teams, I've always been distinctly underwhelmed by the style of them. It, it seems very dated to me. And that, that, and that's, that, that's not, you know, that just seems diametrically opposed with what we've had at Swansea. So I, the lack of continuity there would be a worry for me because, um, small, small clubs, and that's no disrespect to Swansea, but small clubs cannot afford to throw the baby out of the bathwater every time they reappoint a new manager. They need a, they need a plan and they need continuity because they, they don't have the resources for constant cultural revolution at your budget. Let's have a wee look at Arsenal then. I mean, you and I both believe that Arsenal are not far yeah. off the finished article in terms of the squad. It'd be fair to say, wouldn't it? Yes, I think that's. You know, we, you know, we, we, we kind of chatted a little bit briefly before we we came on here about about that. And it's hard to identify too many weaknesses in the squad. You know, there's one or two areas. Now, the Arsene Wenger uh, talk with England. Do you think that'll have had any sort of distractions during the international break for the Arsenal players? Well, I can't imagine they've thought of it at all. I think that the, pri- the, the primary yeah. problem for Arsenal will will be the primary problem that all top sides face after an international break, and that is physical and mental fatigue, and also perhaps injuries that they may be carrying. Um, but I think if you were to look at the Arsenal squad, uh, Two points to make here. The first is the players such as Theo Walcott didn't, didn't play any game time. So that, that's been quite good from the Arsenal perspective. And the second thing is that this season has been very, very notable for Arsenal using a squad system and picking specific players and solutions for specific games. It's not, not focusing on a first mm. 11 as it were. And then, you know, completely opposed to what, say, for example, Claudio Ranieri did at Leicester last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let's have a wee look then uh, at some of the, the, the strengths and the weaknesses within the Arsenal side. We'll start with Arsenal because we, we, we opened with Swansea. Let, let, let's continue on with Arsenal. I mean, obviously, Alexis Sanchez has been in uh, imperious form uh, this season. Uh, he's done a fantastic job for them. Uh, Lauren Koscielny and, and even Theo Walcott as well. Have been performing quite well. Now, as I mentioned, you and I both are in kind of agreement that there isn't too much uh, wrong uh, in that Arsenal squad. So, where what's the area that, that if you could change, if you were Arsene Wenger, what's the area that you would look to change? Maybe with player recruitment, or maybe with a change of system. We know that they play four-two-three-one. Mm. I hate that system. Uh, I, you know, that that. But, but maybe we can come on to the, uh, you know talking about the the four-two-three-one system a wee bit. Uh, but you know, what, what's the areas that you would maybe change if you were Arsene Wenger? Well, I, I think I would look at I would look at squad depth because he's got key players who are approaching the perhaps the twilight of their careers and um, Santi Cazorla and also yeah, and I also agree. Monreal at left back. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been no, notable in the in, on the left hand side late in games this season. That uh, sorry, on the right hand side that he's been bringing on. A secondary fullback in Gibbs, um, mm-hmm. rather than bring on Oxley Chamberlain. So it looks like Oxley Oxley Chamberlain's time is is up. Um, so I think I would like to reinforce one of the fullback positions, and because Mon- mm-hmm. Monreal is the the older player, I would be very much inclined to the left back position. Right. Okay. Have you got any candidates in mind? Well, I would. A player I, I know very well. I've seen a lot of and out. And it may well be that this is why he's in my mind, but I think Andy Robertson at Hull has been one of the few players from the recent Scotland debacles who's shown up very, very well. He's a player I know well yep. from 
from Queen's Park and Dundee United. Uh, I know him well from his time. At, I know him well from his time at Dundee United. Uh, you know, a, a fantastic player with a with a tremendous, a tremendous attitude. Really, is a tremendous attitude. Uh, it's one of the most striking things about him. Yeah. He's a very attack-minded uh, fullback, so I can see exactly why you would think you know he would suit in, uh, settle in well with a with an Arsenal side. Yeah. Uh, do you think Arsenal are, are are watching him? They are. They are watching him. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Yeah. yeah. They've been looking at him for a long, long time. And he's, so, a, he's he's coming up for a, I think he's coming up for twenty-three uh, soon. Uh, so he's still got you know years and years and years. Yes, uh, of top level football in him. Uh, it's uh, it's it is a remarkable story, uh, his rise. But definitely, he's shown himself to be one of those, uh, one of the most exciting uh, kind of attacking fullbacks anywhere in sort of British football really at the moment. Yes, and I, and I think now would be the right time for a move for him, and he needs to find a sympathetic club, and the the one which I suppose would would represent a continuum from Queens Park. To Dundee United would be Arsenal in terms of style of play. It was always curious to me that he went to Hull, um, and I think you would actually see the best of him in a in an attack-minded minded side that played either a four-two-three-one or a or a, or a four-three-three. Uh, more of an attacking threat than even a defensive, you know, strength. Yeah. These, uh, but his, his work rate is what makes him so good from a from an all-round defensive perspective as well. Mm. He's got fabulous balance too, which. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really important attribute for for players at full speed. You know, that's that's maybe the left back. Is there any maybe a, se- a second choice left back or another area? No, the other the other areas I looked at were primarily up front because while they signed um, Lucas Perez in the summer from from Spain from the Liga, it seems to me that he he maybe won't be the answer. He doesn't seem to be get a lot of game time, so we'll maybe see him win the. When the League Cup competition comes along, but it was two 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 forwards that I thought looked, looked interesting as potential uh, foils for uh, Alexis Sanchez. And the main thing I'm thinking with Alexis Sanchez is, is is that I can't see him being there for very long. There just always seems to be the sense of him always being on the verge of a move, and I. And I I think that, I think that that being the case, you would want your replacement in early. Uh, the first one I picked up is a player called Franco Vasquez from Sevilla, who he plays a lot as a second striker. But I think he's the sort of player, a little bit like Thierry Henry, who could perhaps be converted from that position to play more as a a, a, a number nine or the or the way that Sanchez plays. The thing I like about him. Other than his personal attributes, his physical attributes and his footballing attributes, is his CV. He's been at Palermo in Italy. He's an Italian Argentinian. Palermo, Rio Vallecano, who, you know, regular listeners will know how much I love that club and the way they play football. Um, and then Sevilla. So if you look at those three clubs and you think, is that, is a player of that background likely to fit into Arsenal? Then you would have to say yes. I think that would be a good fit. And the other player that I looked at was Stephen Jovetic at Inter, who I think is a potentially very good striker. I just think he's hiding his light under a bushel a little bit, and he's the sort of player that I think a manager like Arsene Wenger could kind of make something of. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be my picks. If it was to pick another player in midfield to replace um, Santa Gazzola, 
the player I most like, and, and again I'm being partisan and Scottish, is James MacArthur of Crystal Palace, who is also really just... He's one of these kind of modern midfielders that does a little bit of everything very well, rather than one thing exceptionally well. And I actually think that's exactly what what Arsenal need at this point in time. Yeah. It's a team game, and I think there's a lot of the time, especially amongst fans, there's far too much emphasis on individuals' strengths mm-hmm. and, and, and never enough emphasis on their weaknesses and also what they can add to an existing collective. And, and James MacArthur's exactly the example of a player who can make a good team function that little bit better because he's a very, very good teammate. And in fact, I always thought that he was overshadowed by by, Jim, by James McCarthy, who of course now plays forever in the Republic of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, every week you would go to Hamilton and Frank Arneson from Chelsea would be sitting there or, you know, yeah. scouts from, from, from top premiership clubs, Liverpool, followed them, uh, followed them a lot. Um, and I always felt that James McCarthy was the better player. And now I think you can kind of see that MacArthur is the one that looks to be establishing himself in the Premiership just as McCarthy perhaps is, is on the way and has perhaps kind of hit his, hit his brick wall in terms of his development. And, uh, you know, one of the things that maybe Arsenal's team has been accused of is maybe lacking that little bit of steel or the spine of the team. Uh, but that bit of uh, work ethic in there, that bit of teamwork... Uh, in there, and if James McArthur can bring it, I mean, Michael Arteta has it in in, in abundance. You know, uh, work 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 for work for the team. He's a similar player to Michael Arteta, but mm-hmm. perhaps is more rounded than he is. You yeah. Know, I think. Now, Arteta would be technically very good, but physically, I think it would be about it. Yeah. Now, I, when I looked at, at this as we were preparing, uh, you know, and I was looking at kind of weak areas for Arsenal. As I say, you know, they're not that far away, and if I look at even just looking at their head to head. Uh, there's only one positive area that, that Swansea outdo Arsenal. Uh, it's in the aerial battles. I, I look at that kind of midfield area, and Santi Cazorla is obviously very short, and you've talked about him being replaced. And I agree with you that, you know, and he's 31, he will need replaced at some point. So I've looked at that area, uh, and I've kind of come up with two players, coincidentally, both are actually are at Montpellier in uh, Ligue 1 yep. in, in, in France. They're both uh, midfielders. One's a slightly deeper sitting midfielder than, than the other. There's a bit more flexibility. It's Morgan Sanson and uh, Yacouba Silla. Yes. Uh, so the Malian uh, international uh, Yacouba Silla, who is about six foot three, 25 year old. He is a kind of deep lying midfielder. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, I just kind of think that that bit of height in there would help Arsenal. Because you know if they if they put pressure, they, which they do, tend to pin teams back and dominate possession. Invariably, your know, teams are maybe forced into a, a punt just to try and relieve some pressure. Yes. And uh, with a little bit increased height, I was actually tempted to go with Marwin Fellaini just purely from a height perspective, thinking you know maybe he could fit in there in Arsenal, give him a very very limited role <laughs> in terms of sitting deep. But when I look at uh, Yakuba Silla's uh, statistics. Uh, you know, his his passing completion percentage, his passing success percentage is is high. It's it's knocking on eighty percent, uh, which it would improve obviously in Arsenal's team because they they, they play a lot more passes, uh, you know, and a lot more maybe sideways passes and things like that. You know, easy passes. He would he would up that percentage quite easily. But crucially, he wins a lot of aerial battles. Uh, Morgan Sanson, on the other hand, is a little bit younger at twenty two, 
he's about six foot one, and he can play a little bit more advanced. So there's a little bit more technical ability in there. He can get goals. He can play wide, you know, and he can get assists from the midfield, uh, that central area. So you know, I, I've looked at those as a because, as like I say, I don't think there's a, a huge amount in Arsenal that needs to get changed. No. Uh, and I just think you know maybe looking for midfielders with the with the ability, the creative ability that Santi Cazorla has. But with a little bit more in the physical uh, area uh, in terms of like the height, and I've looked at them as well on uh, on Game Day Live, and uh, I've, I've pulled up their uh, their statistics, uh, which I will just get to you now. So if, if you're if you're a if you're a game if you're a Game Day Live manager and you have that same sort of problem, you worry about maybe possession in the midfield area, you're looking for creative players who are still physically kind of dominant enough uh, to succeed. Then uh, you know you've got two options here in uh, Yakuba Sila and Morgan Sanson. Now Yakuba Sila is the more expensive option, uh, and let me just get <laughs> I'll just get the uh, stats here. Uh, now he is available for three hundred forty-nine thousand in-game credits. Uh, so you know an expensive uh, an expensive buy, but he's already pretty much the finished article with a little bit of training, you know, in development. He can improve. He's got the physical attributes. He's got defensive attributes, and he's very, very solid in attack and defence. Of course, if you've not quite got that budget, Morgan Sanson, his teammate at Montpellier, is in, in my opinion, an absolute steal at uh, fifty-eight thousand, mm. which is a bargain. Yes. Now, he's not all there in terms of the statistics, you know, the the, the stats there. He, but we've got the, the the training feature in there, so you can bring him on. He's only twenty-two. He's got a, you know, a huge amount of potential to develop there, uh, especially in that physical area. But you know, if you're a man- if you're a manager looking for somebody to maybe play with a you know who has the technical ability but the physical uh, attributes uh, to 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 be a, a a a presence in the midfield area, then those two I don't think you can really go too far wrong with them. Uh, and there's, there, what a great service there it is! I'm providing tips for you uh, at both ends of the spectrum. So if you're if you're swimming in cash, uh, Yakuba Silla uh, would be a good uh, a good buy, uh, and Morgan Sanson if you're uh, not so flush. But with the training update that's been added, you can uh, definitely uh, improve both of those players. I think. Now let's move on to Swansea. Then <laughs> there's uh, quite a lot we can probably talk about with Swansea. They lost Ashley Williams, and that's been a big loss for them this year. Yes. Uh, uh, with him going to Everton, uh, a leader in the dressing room, uh, a leader on the pitch, and a very, very, a very, very accomplished uh, centre back. And you know, they just seem to be lacking in 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 almost every area. Yes. You kind of have an opinion about like Leroy Fair. I mean, he's he's been their strongest performer, but do you think he's maybe? Being asked to do too much. Yes, I think he would be a standout player in a top side. Um, when he burst through in the, in, on the scene for Holland, he looked like a splendid player. But I think he's made some really, really bad moves in terms of going to Swansea and in terms of going to QPR before. He needs to be in the wheel rather than the main man at this stage in his career. And I think, I think, you know, were he in a better side, a challenging for trophies, then I think he would. He would really excel, but I'm not sure, like a lot of Dutch players, it's particularly um, the kind of player you would want for a scrap. I mean, he, he's, he's technically very good, and uh, you know, his, his, his passing is at that high-end level. He's also very tall. He's very, very tall, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at him there, 188 centimetres, which if my 
conversions are correct. He's about six foot four, six foot five. Yeah. He has a physical presence. Uh, in that in that midfield area, but he's a creative player. I mean, there's there's a lot of attributes there that, that that a lot of teams would like to have. What about the weaknesses then? I mean, Leroy Fair is probably you know alongside maybe Kyle Norton, yes. the two best the two best performers this season. Uh, Fabianski maybe gets a wee mention in there, but uh, you know what about what what about the changes? I mean, I mentioned Ashley Williams there uh, having gone to Everton. They haven't really replaced him though, have they? No, they've not, and I think you would look at that team and think you could potentially uh, change eight in the likely starting lineup for Saturday without uh, any great impediment to, to the team. And I mean, the, mm-hmm. the stats suggest that's the case. You know, five consecutive losses, a changing manager, uh, best player gone to, or not necessarily the best player, but the a, a hugely influential, yeah, captain of the team. And then they, then they face that perennial problem of being a, a side based in Wales, uh, trying to attract top players. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and sadly, even with, even with a club awash with cash, as they, as they probably are, they're always going to be dealing in subsidiary markets to try and get the, the, the players that they need to fill the roster. So. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a hard difficult. one for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Is that maybe... Is, is that maybe just very just a wee thought that just popped in my head? Is that maybe why they're thinking about Bob Bradley? They think that maybe he can attract players who might be, you know, he might know of players who might be more interested in uh, in coming to you know to to Swansea uh, with his contacts that he's maybe built up over the years, especially maybe in likes of the US. No, I think of him primarily as a coach. I don't necessarily think of him as being a actually think of him as being specifically a manager. I mean, he's, right. his career's been based built on the fact that he, that he was a, a coach of the US national side. Um, and I think, I think he kind of came out of that from the, the kind of American college system, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe his, so. made his name at the 1990 World Cup with that American side. So... Mm. No, I, no, I, I, I really can't fathom the appointment. If I'm honest, it seems to me to be a very, very odd step back in time. What about his replacements then? What's what, well? What about his? What about the recruitment? Who should they be looking at? What are the areas? Uh, you know, I think it's. I think we're both in agreement that pretty much all areas. I mean, I've got a couple of. I'm of that mind that, you know, right now they need to try and get a replacement in defence because they haven't replaced Williams. They need they need to get something in there, and uh, they need to get a finisher because they're just not finishing chances. And then I think that maybe the midfield would maybe start to kind of take care of itself if you've got a strong, if you're strong at the back and strong in the strong up front, that can hide a lot of the deficiencies that you maybe have in a midfield. Uh, it would if they yes, were, if, you're sco- if you're scoring goal if you're scoring goals you can uh, you know uh, uh, ameliorate a multitude of sins, but the moment you stop scoring goals, yeah. I mean, I, I know you've got, I know you've got a list of a of a, of a few players. I've really only got two, uh, that well, maybe three mm. that, I, that I've identified. That if I was Swansea, that I'd be thinking right. These two are, are are on my list right now to try and get. One of them is in the defensive area, uh, Winston Reid, uh, of West Ham. Yes, West Ham. I, yeah. I think it's that sort of level for them that they could potentially uh, attract him. Uh, Maybe you know, obviously he's living in London and things like that. And that's that's very attractive. Trying to get him to move to Swansea or a, a nice area nearby. 
that they may be attracted to him is maybe going to be a little bit difficult. But you know, you can you know give him some assurances that he's going to be you know a very uh, important player. Uh, you know, his interceptions is one of the stats that I really looked at because I think Swansea is very vulnerable to balls through the middle uh, and, and, and it's kind of defence-splitting passes. And his, his interceptions uh, per game is one of the highest in the Premier League. Uh, he's, he's averaging about 4.3 interceptions per game. Uh, you know, he's an all-round very good de- defender. He's about six foot six. He's, he's 28, so he's, a, he's, you know, he's at a good age, a lot of experience. Uh, and uh, you know, I just I, I, I like Winston Reid, and I think he can do better than well. West Ham should be doing better than they are, uh, and he's you know, and he's a player who could do really well in a good side. But I think he's also a good a, a player who would be up for the kind of fight, and would be almost like for like with Ashley Williams. Not 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 totally, but but uh, you know, a, a, a good replacement that replaces a lot of those attributes that he had. And coincidentally, he's available on game day. He's available on game day live for any for any managers who are looking to sign up. Fifty eight thousand, an absolute steal again, I think, uh, for him. Well, I would say two. I would I would say two things about him that which would be black marks for me. Well, one, you'd be signing a player from a defence which is already clearly failing at, at West Ham. And if you look at the positives in his stats, such as the interceptions, I would want under, and obviously I can't answer this question because I don't watch West Ham every week, if his high interception rate is, is solely due to the fact that uh, West Ham sit with quite a deep defensive line, so he's actually he's actually picking up balls that way. I've always kind of liked him. I've always kind of liked Winston Reid. Uh, and uh, he just reminds me of, of Ashley Williams uh, in, in some senses. So, uh, you know, I just kind of popped into my head and when I checked the stats I kind of thought, well, that kind of he looks as if he, he, you know, he can, he can, he can make an interception when it's needed to, and I think, you know, maybe, maybe Swans, you need to drop a little bit deeper and just make those interceptions on the edge of the box. Uh, what, what about, what about for defence for you? Have you got any defensive-minded players, or, 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 or are you looking at a different area? No, I was looking at exactly that area, and the, re- and the, my thinking here was the only players that Swansea can really attract at this point are. Players from, you know, lesser clubs, undiscovered gems, players that would look for a move uh, to see if Swansea is a stepping stone to their neck, that perhaps their big move, or veterans that might fancy one last swan song and could bring their leadership quality to the to the role as it was, as it would be required. And I definitely think this is a Swansea team that's short of leadership. Yeah. So anyway, my replacement candidate. Is they come from far and wide here. There's a few names that I picked up. And I looked at sort of players with similar characteristics uh, to Ashley Williams, thinking that that would be the best fit for what we've currently got. Uh, Loic Peran at is a very experienced player who's never really got his big move and perhaps deserves it. Uh, um, Aurelian Shadu, uh, who is at Galatasaray. And, and the reason I like him particularly is, is that that Turkish league is very rough and tumble, and, and I think strong defenders are pretty much pretty much the, the stock in trade there. Um, and I think that would suit Swansea down to the ground. Um, and if we were to look to two veterans, there's two veterans that kind of stick out to me. One who is perhaps more likely than the other. The player I wondered who might fancy a season swan song in the Premiership would be Pepe at Real Madrid, who 
you know, he's obviously beginning to fall out of the picture now, but he's been a, a very controversial player. But that would be an exciting. That would be a very exciting, but, you know, like we were saying earlier, would he move to Swansea? Would he maybe be maybe more, look at, maybe more looking at, uh, maybe, you know, a club near the sort of um, Manchester area or the London area? He's probably looking for London, I would imagine. Yeah, or a swan song in, in his native Portugal, perhaps. In, uh, or, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. And plenty of options there. I mean, oh. And the other player I, I thought of was a player, uh, Robert Huth of Leicester, who could perform a kind of similar similar role, but again, would they get him at this point? I suspect probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got Champions League football at the moment with, with Leicester. I don't think he's going to want to give that up. No. Uh, so it's, I mean, there's, there's loads of options. I mean, Swansea really do have, uh, you know, a, a bigger rebuilding job. Uh, understandable, obviously they're sitting 17th in the league. It's, you know, the, the, the form doesn't lie. They, they they need to do something. Uh, Bob Bradley is probably going to, uh, you know, change the system somewhat. You don't think he'll change it in a, in a kind of positive way in terms of you know the football to watch. Uh, I suppose only time will no. tell, but. Uh, you know, it's going to be a difficult one for Swansea on Saturday, that's for sure, uh, against Arsenal, of course, an in-form Arsenal. Uh, so that's that's us about at our time uh, for Tactics Board this week. So it's been a, a little bit different. We've we've had a look more at the, uh, the specifics in terms of, of players and re- replacements. Greg, thanks very much for joining me for Tactics Board. Uh, of course, we'll yeah. be back uh, next week with another edition of Tactics Board and of course the Football Cafe as well at the start of the week uh, but don't forget to, to look out for our head-to-head predictions which will come in its own format and uh, as well our exciting new uh, betting tip uh, feature featuring Will Wild uh, from Football Formula I was a regular guest of the show uh, so don't forget you can follow us on uh, Twitter at GameD underscore live underscore Facebook and YouTube search GameD live and of course visit the website GameD.live uh, from myself Grant McKenzie and Greg Gordon thanks very much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week on GameD Live's Tactics Board <laughs>